Would you stand as we begin our time of worship by singing Christ is Lord medley. All hail the power of Jesus. Ready? All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the Thank you. 
Well, good morning. Thank you so much for taking the opportunity and the time to be here at First Baptist Church, Sun City West. I hope you have come prepared to meet God today, because that is why we're gathered together, to worship Him, to give Him honor and praise, to hear what He has to say, to continue to be equipped for the work of ministry to which He has called us. So thank you for taking the time. If you are a guest today for the very first time, it's good to see you. We'd love for you to take the guest card in the pew in front of you if you haven't already filled out a card. Fill it out in its entirety when you leave. If you'll drop it in one of the offering uh, containers at one of the exits at the end of the service, we would certainly appreciate that. If you would, join me, please, in a time of prayer. Father, thank you for the time and the opportunity that we have to worship you today. And Father, it is a privilege to come to a sanctuary, a place of peace, a place of comfort, in the midst of a world that gives so many conflicting ideas processes and so much confusion and in many areas darkness but to come to a place where the peace of God can rest upon our minds and our hearts in the midst of our souls to give that inner peace that no matter what what we face that God we know that you're with us and that you guide us and we gather together as the assembled ones who are followers of you do just that, to join together in our voices, in our hearts, physically, to give you the aroma of praise. And I pray through all the songs, the words that we sing, I pray that, Father, through every single element of this time of worship, and as we study your word, that, God, you would continue to reveal yourself and your invitation for us be engaged into the work to which you have called us every single one of us and gifted us so God today I pray that we'll strive to move everything else out of our minds and focus completely upon hearing from you through all these various elements and means of this worship and then I pray that when the time of invitation comes that father will respond in the way that you have asked us to so in the name of Jesus we pray, amen.
I agree, they did a great job, didn't they? In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. Let's sing. <coughs> In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are still, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless faith, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid, here in the death of Christ I live. No guilt in life, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man, can ever put me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. My hope is built on nothingness, and Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest faith, but only on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand on other ground is seeking sent all other ground is seeking sent his oath is covenant his blood support me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way Stay on Christ the solid rock I stand on other ground is seeking sand when he shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, in him be found dressed in his righteousness. 
can't help but say one thing. Wow. Our God is great, isn't he? Please pray with me. O Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you are the King of all. You are the creator of this earth. And Father, yet we as individuals and collectively as a congregation can come to you, Lord, to not only say thank you, thank you for what you've done, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, but also thank you, Father, for the prayers that you have answered for us. What an almighty God you are. Father, now I pray that you will bless this time of service, bless this time of worship, Lord, and honoring you. God, we pray that you'll be with Pastor Kirby as he delivers the message. Father, may the words that he speaks will be pleasing to your heart and to your ears. And Father, we also pray for those, Lord, that in our congregation and in, even in our community, Lord, that need you in a special way, whether it be for healing, whether it be for comfort, or even if it be for salvation, Lord, we lift them all up to you. And it's in that mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all. You're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness. Let's sing together.
Our scripture today is from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. Please follow along for the reading. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and, Je and Je Jebuites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. We are blessed by the sharing of these verses and are uplifted, knowing that these are the words of the Lord.
Thank you, Pat. Last week we talked specifically about Moses at the burning bush, and we continue that same theme this week and next week. When we look at what God did, it is a powerful reminder of the opportunities that God gives us. And we can allow them to slip through our fingers, or we can take hold of them. Moses had that kind of opportunity. For 40 years, he grew up in the land of plenty in Pharaoh's household with the finest education and everything that you could desire. For the next 40 years of his life, he was on the far side, behind the wilderness, the land of Midian, taking care of his father-in-law's sheep, herds. It's quite a mixture. It's a white chasm between those two types of lives. And in the midst of this, God had a plan. Would you join me in prayer? Father, I pray that as we move forward into our study of Moses, and Father, how you worked through him, even in the midst of dire circumstances from his perspective, that God, you can work through us, no matter what season of life we're in, if we will stop long enough and go and see what you're up to. And so I pray that this morning we would hear and we would respond. And God, you would use Moses to be a wonderful example for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It was uh, June of 1984. I was out on the softball field, and uh, our church team was just out there playing softball. And here comes this car, and comes, out comes two summer missionaries, two girls. I thought, oh great, we have help for our vacation Bible school. <laughs> and out from that event stepped my future wife. She was from Maryland, going to school in Tennessee at Carson Newman. I had just graduated from Southwestern Seminary. She had a year left at Carson Newman. She had been a summer missionary in New York the summer before. She was going to work, so she had more money to finish her last year of school when her parents said, why don't you think about becoming a summer missionary again through uh, the old Home Mission Board, which is now the North American Mission Board. And so she thought about that, and she decided, well, I'll do that if I can go out west somewhere, somewhere I haven't been. And so 
there she comes out of that car and that begins this amazing journey that sparked that week during vacation Bibles continued on through the summer and 13 months later 14 months later we got married we've known each other for 40 years we've been married this coming August 39 years we could not have come from more different backgrounds our outlooks on so many things are different <laughs> in many ways we're opposites where she has helped me in so many ways and maybe maybe I've helped her as well she is the love of my life she's my best friend she's been my life partner and together we have partnered for 39 years of ministry as I look back I can hardly imagine having drawn this scenario to come together and to spend a life together striving to serve God the way he desires us. But as I look back, I think about all the things that had to take place. It was absolutely a miracle of God for me to be at that church as a single pastor some two years prior to that. It was profound that her parents would just suggest maybe you consider going to serve missionary again. And for her to decide, well, I, I guess I could change my plans. And I guess that maybe I could go out west. How many of you know where Los Lunas, New Mexico is? Okay, yeah, just south of Albuquerque, about 20 miles. For God to bring her to an assignment to that somewhat out-of-the-way place was divine providence. He had a purpose. And even though there were lots of girls to date in college, and there were numbers of girls in seminary that were looking for a preacher husband, as well as serving God, somehow I got out of those situations single. <laughs> but God... God had a plan. And looking back, I can see how perfectly the Lord directed our ways, the decisions that we made. And we're blessed that he is the one who took the initiative, and he is the one who invited us to be a part of his plan all through these 40 years since we first met. And we're glad, not that it's been easy, 
Not there hasn't been trying times, but we're glad that we made the adjustments and continue to make the adjustments to join him in the work and the will that he is desiring to accomplish, allowing us the privilege of being a part of that. My question to you this morning is how has God taken the initiative to ask you to join him in his work? I'm not talking about you taking out a pad and saying, okay, God, here's what I think you can do to use me. God, here's where I think I can best fit into your, to your work. And so if you'll just use me in this way, I would appreciate that. But how has God spoken to you to say, I'm taking the initiative and I'm asking you and I'm inviting you right now to come and engage in his work, his purpose. And then my second question for you to consider is how have you accepted his invitation? Moses' call and ministry are excellent examples of how God worked in the lives of biblical characters. Biblical characters were not perfect people. They struggled with decisions and infirmities and doubts. They were just people. They were just like us. And even when they were following the call of God, they still would stumble and fall at times. They would have weaknesses and doubts. It was no different with Moses. We find in Moses his, his early life. And his call to be a part of, of God's direction in his life. And they're described in the first four chapters of Exodus and numbers of other scriptures throughout the Bible. And it gives us an understanding of how God uses people. And it shows us what Henry Blackaby calls the seven realities of experiencing God. And he draws these directly out of our passages. And I think that that's something that we need to learn. And so today and, and next week, I want to address these seven realities of experiencing God. And I want to make it as personal as I can to you and to me. First, we see that God already was at work around Moses. Exodus chapter 2 and verses 23 through 25 says, The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out and cried their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. And God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. You remember the story of Joseph and how he got to Egypt and how he ultimately became the second in command. God's miraculous work. The Israelites continued on in Egypt and slowly grew and grew and grew until the Egyptians were afraid that they would try to take over. And so they enslaved them. 
And so we find the Israelites had been in Egypt for 400 years. They were under deep bondage. Their cry, they prayed to God. What this tells us is that God has a purpose that he was working in Moses' world. The world, present world that he lived in. And even though Moses was an exile in the desert, not in the wilderness, but beyond the wilderness, Moses was right, <coughs> was right on God's schedule. He was right in the fullness of God's timing, and he was right in the middle of God's will. And sometimes... Sometimes it feels like we're in the wilderness or maybe beyond it. Sometimes we might feel that way and say, God, what, what is it you got me here doing? Why, why am I out here? But in reality, he's working in your world. And there just might be a wonderful opportunity for the invitation to come from God for you to engage when you think it's probably the last thing in the world that you could do. At the time, God was about to deliver the children of Israel. And the important factor here was not what the will of God was for Moses. Sometimes we miss that. The important factor was the will of God for Israel. Don't miss that. God had heard the groanings of Israel because of their slavery and he was going to take them and place them into the land of promise. That was his purpose. That was his will. He wanted to use Moses and his giftedness to accomplish that purpose. So always remember that when we have this encounter with God and we experience him and we seek to follow through with what he has initiated and what he has invited us to be a part of, it's not just saying, God, what is your will for me? It's, God, how can I serve you to accomplish your ultimate purpose and your will for whatever work you're doing? Sometimes it's good to take the light off of ourselves and say, God, how can I join you to do your work? God wants to touch our community right here in Sun City West and, and our greater area. He has placed us here for that very purpose. So the question might be, how is the will of God, and what is the will of God for us, and how can our church join him in his purpose and his will, and more specifically, how can you be a part of God's purpose and his will? Because it's our church and each one of us coming alongside and joining God in what he's doing that fulfills us. Then we begin to understand, oh, that's what God's will was for my life. We just need to make ourselves available to him. These are the beginning questions. 
These aren't the ending questions. God, how is it that you're going to, to use me? Secondly, we find that uh, God pursued a continuing love relationship with Moses that was real and personal. We don't serve a God that's just out there as a blob that might be the creator, but he's uncaring. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He sees the birds fall from the sky, and he knows how many hairs you have on your head. I can guarantee he knows everything else about you. He is so much better than artificial intelligence. God took the initiative to come to Moses and to initiate a love relationship with him at the burning bush. I said last week that Moses wasn't thinking that day was going to be any different than any other day. And yet he saw this strange sight in the, wilderness, in the, uh, in the, in the distance. He said, that's strange that this bush is on fire, but it's not burning up. And so he went to take a look. God told Moses that he would go with Moses into Egypt. He said, Moses, let me tell you, I'm going to take the Israelites out of Egypt. I'm going to take them to the land of promise, and I want you to go to Pharaoh. But you're not going to go on your own. I'm going to be with you. And I think this is important because sometimes we think if we listen to God and God gives us a task to join him in his work, that we might not be gifted or we might not have the skills to accomplish that. It may take us out of our comfort zone that we're going to be by ourselves and, and we're going to drown. The reality is if God invites you and he pursues you in that way and he gives you that opportunity, like Moses, he said, I'm going to go with you. You're not going to be by yourself. You're never going to be by yourself. You take comfort. There were many tests as we read through Exodus and Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, <coughs> how God pursued a continuing love relationship with Moses. Time after time, we see this. And he's not wanting, he's not desiring you to necessarily seek him because he pursued you first you just need to open your eyes we need to see what he's doing this beautiful example in exodus chapter 24 uh, comes should be on the screen it comes out of, of verse 12 15 and 16 and 18 the scripture says the lord said to moses come up to me on the mountain and stay here and i will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. And so Moses went on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. Moses entered the cloud as he went up the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. A couple of things here. He talks about the cloud. Very interesting term the cloud and then he speaks 
about the glory of the Lord. It's the idea of the Shekinah glory of God. The very presence of God was on that place. Moses heard from God in the burning bush. He offered that invitation. He took the initiative. He pursued that continuing love relationship. And we find that, that Moses, when he goes up to the mountain to get the tablets, that the presence of God was there. We also find that he stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. That tells me several things, but most importantly is hearing from God and developing that continuing love relationship with him does not happen overnight. It does not come from a devotion in a morning and you say all of a sudden, man, God is love. Yes, he is. But it takes time with God to develop that love relationship. Just like it does with a spouse or another family member, a friend, it, it takes years to develop that depth of a loving relationship. But what this scripture does teach us is that time and time again, God invited Moses to talk to him, to be with him. And God initiated and maintained a continuing love relationship with Moses. And so what started at that burning bush continued on throughout the life of Moses. Time and time again, God spoke to him. And he spoke to him face to face. Even though on the mountain he hid his face. And the, and the burning bush covered his face. This relationship was based on love. And daily, God fulfilled his purposes through his friend Moses. So God had this plan. He had a purpose. And he said, Moses, I want you to join me in this purpose because it's important. And in the midst of accomplishing that purpose, this beautiful love relationship that God pursued with Moses developed and enlarged and deepened. How would you like to be at the place where you were called the friend of God? It's amazing, but God pursues that continuing love relationship with you as well. This is not just for Moses. This happened to Moses. Great example for us. But I want you to understand that God continues to focus on his purposes and his will and his ways in this world, in this present world where you are living, where I am living. And he has the opportunities and he has the invitation to say, I want you to join me. You're going to have to move outside of your comfort zone. You're going to have to concentrate. But, but when I am speaking to you, I have an invitation for you that's real and it's personal. And I have this love that's going to continue to develop and to grow. And through this process, you will deepen and when we're about the work of of God when we join him in his work we can't just sit on the sideline 
it's not just a Sunday morning at 10.30 thing. It's not just a devotion time, you know, every morning of the week. There is a focus of action. He, he wants us to be engaged and to join him in the work which he is doing. Not just sitting on the side cheering on others. This continuing love relationship that's for you, we see it in when the scripture says, for God so loved the world in John 3.16. We see it in Romans 5.8 when he said, God demonstrated his love for you. In 1 John 4, 9 through 11, when he says, that God showed his love for you. And it was through his giving of his son, Jesus. And then over in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39, he says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons... Neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers. Neither height nor debt, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. <coughs> there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God through Christ. He is the one that says, I am pursuing you with everything I have. This is the creator talking to you and me. Third, we see that God invited Moses to become involved in his work. Exodus chapter 3, verses 8 and 10, it says, I have come down to rescue them, the Israelites, from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God's purpose was to deliver the children of Israel. Moses was the one through whom God wanted to work to accomplish his purpose. You see, whenever God gets ready to do something, he always reveals it to a person or to his people what he's about to do. In Amos chapter 3, verse 7, is an example. He says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. God's not going around in the, in the darkness, plotting and planning this strategic move to accomplish his will. It is out in the open. As you read through scriptures, you see what God is up to in his strategy through creation, through his son Jesus Christ. And it is the light and he gives us the privilege of being invited to come alongside him. Not just for the raw ride, but to be engaged to accomplish his purpose. 
And he chooses to do that. He doesn't need to. Good night. Believe it or not, he created the entire universe out of nothing without your help or mine. So he doesn't need our help to accomplish his will, but he chooses to invite us to be a part. God is accomplishing his work through his people, and this is the way God works in your life. The Bible is designed to help you understand the ways of God. And then when God starts to act in your way, your life, you're going to recognize it's God. Sometimes people say, well, is that God speaking to me? I'm telling you, you have this power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and you are one of his children, and you are striving to, to understand his will, you will know when God is speaking to you. There was no doubt in Moses' mind at the burning bush that it was God speaking. You say, well, that was a supernatural event taking place. And I'm telling you, that God will speak to you, and however he speaks to you is going to be a supernatural event. Because he's God. And he created us in his image so that we actually can understand and know that he's talking to us. And we can ignore it. We can turn a deaf ear to it. We can turn our eyes away from it. Fourth, we find that God spoke to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. In Exodus chapter 2, verses 3, uh, 2 through, uh, sorry, Exodus 3, verses 2 through 8, he says, uh, There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of the fire from within the bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Hmm. How about that? Moses was on the far side of the wilderness, away from everything. And God still, one, knew where he was, and he knew who he was. And no matter how far away you might seem to get or how life seems to rattle you, God knows where you are and he knows who you are. He does not forget you. The scripture goes on to say, and Moses said, here am I. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing 
with milk and honey. And what he is saying in Exodus 3 accomplishes three things. Number one, it revealed himself. He said who he was. I am the God of your father. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac. Secondly, it revealed his purpose. I have heard the cries and I have come down to rescue them. And it focuses upon the leader because he's speaking directly to Moses. You're going to be a part of this if you'll accept the invitation. You have to expect God's revelation to you. And God's revelation to you is always going to be consistent with what the Scripture says. It's never going to be outside of the authoritative Scripture. It's going to, to measure directly in with what God's living Word says. An affirmation of God's revelation is found in Numbers chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. The Scripture says, when, when a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. Listen. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face. God came and talked to Moses about his will. And God wanted Moses to go to Egypt so that he could deliver the families, his families, the Israelites, through him. And so God revealed to Moses his holiness. He revealed to Moses his mercy, his power, his name, and his purpose. And why is that? It's to keep the promise to Abraham. It is also to give Israel the promised land and so many other things that are not specifically stated from Exodus chapter 3. God had his plan ultimately for the nation of Israel to be a holy priesthood to the world. That's what his desire was. God will reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways to you. As you accept his invitation and his initiative and is pursuing you with a continuing love relationship that will continue to speak to you. It's not a one and done. It continues on and, and deepens over the course of time. And he wants to use you. In whatever capacity, whatever way he chooses, but he wants your availability. To say, I've got a great purpose. And I don't want anybody to be negative about it because I'm God. But I I want to invite you to be part of me to accomplish this. How many of you when you were a kid, how many of you were on the ball field when the sides were being chosen for teams and you were the last one picked? <laughs> Anybody actually want to say that? <laughs> oh, it's not joyful. 
But you know what? Ultimately, you were still chosen. To be able to be invited to come. I've reflected back on, uh, on time with my dad years ago when I was in, in uh, growing up through my teenage years when I was in college and in seminary before he passed. And I think about how often he would tell me, hey, why don't you come with me? Or when are you coming home if I was at school? I just want to spend some time with you. I can't tell you how many times that, that uh, he, would, he would share some words of wisdom with me, but I was too occupied. I was too busy. The Thanksgiving of 1983, I came home from Southwestern Seminary all the way to Lindreth, New Mexico, up in northern New Mexico. And that, that weekend, uh, long break was going to be a great time, except I had put off a research paper. And so I spent most of the entire Thanksgiving holiday writing that paper. And I get to spend near the time with him, one-on-one, as I wanted to. The next time I saw him, Mom said he uh, was at Christmas time. Said that he was uh, he'd been sick for a couple of weeks. And then within the next day, we took him to the ER. And by two days later, he was gone. And I can't tell you through the course of the years how I had wished that I had done that paper earlier. <laughs> and had that Thanksgiving break to spend more time with him, as well as all those other times that he shared wisdom that I just didn't have time to listen to. I've reflected on that over the years, and I have really tried to hold on and remember those words of wisdom because that's exactly what they were for me. I want you to know that when God speaks to you, and he wants time with you. And he's sharing his wisdom with you. And he's inviting you to come beside him and to be engaged in his work. Please, take off your sandals. Stop and realize that this is a God moment. And follow him to accomplish whatever he wants you to do. Father, as we move into our time of invitation, I ask you to please help us. Help us not to look back and to regret. Rather, help us to look at this season of our life as we remember Moses was 80. And help us to remember that whatever you call us and you invite us to be a part of the work, <coughs> that he knows all about us and our health issues and our comfort zone and how tired we get at the end of the day and how busy we are he knows all of that and so when he invites us if we use those excuses they're not valid even though we can rationalize it because if he speaks 
to us where we are and ask us to join him. We have a decision to make. And this morning, in this invitation, God, we have a decision to make. And as you have spoken to each and every one of us today in different ways because we've walked different paths, but we have the same spirit. We're created in your image. And as you speak to us today about how we need to make adjustments in our life to join you, I pray, God, that we will say yes, whether it's to join this church or or to rededicate our lives or to say, God, I want to be more sensitive. I want to hear you, and I'll be ready to do whatever you ask me to do. Whatever it is, God, including asking Christ to come into our life. In this invitation, I pray that we'll make that decision. At your invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand and let's sing our invitation. With heart in
Go ahead and be seated for just a moment. And uh, uh, before I turn it over to Miss Nancy, I want to uh, just remind you that the Experiencing God study starts this Thursday on the 8th from 10 to 11:30. And uh, what we've been going through last week, this week, and will next week is lays a foundation not only for that study but for our lives. And so I just encourage you if you want to be a part of that study. Uh, we have designed that study to be very flexible. You can either dive into the homework and do the workbook, or you can just come to the sessions and watch the video and be a part of the discussion. We want it to be easy for you to just gain uh, the nuggets that, uh, that uh, the Scripture has to, 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 uh, to lay out for us. It's a longer study. It's about 13 weeks. So if you're going on vacation for three or four weeks, okay, just pop back in when you're back. We would certainly appreciate that because I think God will speak to you through whatever sessions you're going to be engaged in on that time. So I hope you'll sign up. I think we already have about 45, 46 folks involved. So come be a part of that if you would. There are a number of sign-up sheets in both lobbies. So let me just call your attention quickly to two because today is the last day, men, for you to sign up for the Men's Fellowship Breakfast, which will be Tuesday morning at 8. If you plan to come, please let us know so there will be enough food. And then on Wednesday, we at 4 o'clock, we will be hearing from Bryson Isom, who is pastor of the Relentless Church, one of our church plants, and we're having a picnic potluck. So on the sign-up sheet, you can indicate what food dish you would like to bring. We're now going to see a very brief video from another of our church plants, the Asante Church, with Alex Dennis as the senior pastor, and after this, then I will recognize Dr. Kennedy for our new members, as well as Jim Ross from our personnel team who has a presentation to make. Isn't it great to be a part of a, uh, a partner with a church plant that is just continuing to touch people with the gospel of Christ? It is so good to see those baptisms, especially in a, uh, a trough. Great. <laughs> <laughs> 
meaningful experience for certain. Um, Ms. Shannon, I wonder if you could come and stand right here. I would appreciate that. Uh, this is Shannon Jefferson. Shannon uh, is coming today to say, I want to be a part of First Baptist Church, Sun City West. And we had a good discussion this week. Um, and uh, uh, she is a believer. She's followed through in believer's baptism. And today comes to say, I believe God is leading me to be a part of what God is doing here at First Baptist. So all in favor, if you'd show that by the sign I. And against that, the sign no. It was not even close. <laughs> it is really good to have you. And uh, in just a few moments, our folks should come around and give you the right hand of Christian fellowship. Looking forward to our family of faith and our journey together, okay? And somebody who was, I think, influential. Uh, come on up, Sharon. Influential in, uh, in your life. And uh, you guys do some porcelain painting. I didn't know that of you, uh, Sharon. 30 to 40 years, porcelain painting. Yeah. Who knew, you know? It's amazing what you find out through other people when you talk with them. <laughs> well, I, uh, I appreciate your impact and uh, how you talk about our church and, and your faith in the clubs uh, that you're a part of. Ms. Joyce, if you would. This is Joyce uh, Denali, and uh, Joyce and I talked uh, been, been two or three weeks ago, uh, dropped by the office, and we had a great conversation. Learned a lot about her, and uh, learned that she loves the Lord. Um, she loves to sing. She's already part of our choir and a part of, uh, of David Jake's Bible study class, and so we are so excited that you have chosen to come. Uh, you have given your life to Christ. You've been uh, immersed and baptized, so today come in a statement of faith, so we're excited about that. And uh, all in favor, if you'd show that by the sign aye. aye. And if you're against that, the sign no. Okay, all right. Seems to be a pattern here. One of the things Joyce told me when she came forward, she said, this morning I heard God's voice loud and clear. And we're excited about that. We know Shannon has as well. And uh, in just a moment, our folks are going to come and give you both the right hand of Christian fellowship. And David, do you want to come and, or uh, one of your class members come and stand by Joyce? Okay. While, while he's making his way, I want you to understand that uh, when they come, they're saying two things. Number one, welcome to your church family. And secondly, we're going to be uh, working beside you and praying with you in these days ahead. And of course, we have our camera person because your picture is going to be put on back here somewhere. So we can, we can remember names and faces. Okay. All right. David, I'll let you come over here, however you need to do that. And we'll come by in just a moment, but Jim Ross from the personnel team has a presentation. Before we start, Mrs. Uh, Pastor, Debbie, would you come on up here too, please? Pastor, would you join me up here? Did you say Mrs. Pastor? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you obviously don't know my wife that well. <laughs> 
Okay, whatever. <laughs> you it just seems like 39. <laughs> well, five years ago today, Dr. Kirby Kendi became the pastor of First Baptist Church from City West. We are thankful to have a pastor who believes the Bible is the true word of God. A pastor that teaches us that truth every week. We're also proud of our pastor to have a pastor who is a true prayer warrior and teaches us how to be a true prayer warrior every week. We have a pastor who believes in our vision statement, who is going full speed ahead to get us to our vision of where we want to be in the future. We have a pastor who is a loving husband, a strong, loving father, two daughters, grandfather, father, I'll get that out in a minute, southern accent sometimes gets me, to four beautiful grandchildren. And all of us as grandparents, fathers, grandmothers, can see his love by the brightness of his eyes when he talks about them. A good pastor is married, has a strong wife, strong Christian wife. Fortunately, we have a pastor's wife who is a strong Christian woman. I see this every Sunday when I come in the auditorium and she's walking around talking to people. There's so many churches today that the pastor's wife would go in and sit down and not say anything. To me, that means a lot. We at First Baptist Church are blessed to have a strong Christian man to shepherd our church and proud to call him our pastor. I am honored to represent the personnel committee, excuse me, team now, <laughs> in congratulating Dr. Kirby Kennedy on five years of devoted, loyal Christian service to our Lord. Would you stand? You'll have opportunity to come by and greet our new members, as well as Dr. Kennedy and Debbie. Don King will be leading us in our closing prayer. Dear Lord, I come before you this Sunday morning thanking you for the love that you've shown us over the ages. I thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who came into this world and paid the price for our sins by his death and resurrection. I thank you for helping me realize that I am just a sinner saved by the grace and mercy of God. I pray, Lord, that I will show my love by witnessing to others about the good news of our, of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lead us, guide us, direct us as we go through our lives here on earth. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. <laughs>